0: The opportunity to celebrate God's faithfulness as individuals and as a community, and and uh, the challenge for us and each one of us to consider is the role in which we play in fulfilling the purpose of the gospel, in fulfilling the Great Commission to make disciples. Here at PCC, we have chosen to articulate it this way: our mission is to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. As a church, there are lots of things in which we could talk about. Lots of 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 issues that impact our life, lots of, of different things. But our role is to share Jesus, to share his love, to share how God is revealed to us through the scriptures. And if we allow his love to impact our heart and our soul and our mind, that he really can change us. He can transform our life, which is why in everything we do, in our programming, in our ministry, in our activities, our vision is to take the life of Jesus as our pattern for living, to receive the gospel message of Jesus as a model for this community. And as such, we strive to bring God uh, glory strive to worship him as we prioritize being together in community as we hear and respond to the word of god with an emphasis in prayer it's our desire to grow and we strive to be a tangible presence of grace in our communities and in our world we want to engage with those who are around us of all the things we could do as individuals as families as this community of believers We believe that this is to be a place that demonstrates and proclaims the grace and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus, a place that consistently shares God's desire to walk in relationship with you, a relationship made possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit through what Jesus the Son did for us. Some of you have engaged in that mission and that vision and and you can can say it and you can articulate it and you can see how God is is moving and and working in that way. Others of you have heard it and maybe you're you're seeing it happen in other people's lives or or maybe you're just becoming familiar with it or maybe today's your first day and, and you're hearing that for the first time. Regardless of whether or not this has been your church home for for 20 plus years or if this is your first Sunday, this is a time to grow, and that's because PCC is a place where our focus is on Jesus. We try to focus in on that message of Jesus, that Jesus is God's one and only son, and he came to earth and lived a sinless life and then willingly gave of his life to demonstrate his love for us. How he was dead and buried and God raised him back to life and now he sits at the right hand of the Father and will someday return to initiate his promised kingdom. That message remains and it's a message we continue to proclaim. And the reason it remains is because that message of Jesus is a message of hope. And I don't know about you, but as I look at what's happening in the world and in our local community and our region and in in the United States and around the world, I just see that we need that message of hope. We need to, to have the hope of what Jesus has promised us that we find in the scriptures. We need that encouragement as we see God revealed through his son, Jesus And as I thought about what uh, to share this morning, I really had this temptation, uh, I guess probably because of some of the things I've been seeing, but I had this temptation to try to create this atmosphere, like, you you know, when they do at at Apple or IBM or, or General Motors or Amazon, right, when they gather all of the people together, and what do they do? They get the person on the stage, right, and the lights go, and the music thumping, and people are cheering, and it's all, and they're, you know, revealing this new innovative product. Why? Well, because they're trying to motivate uh, their shareholders, right? They're trying to get people excited because they have a bottom line, and that, that bottom line is to make money, and so that's what they're striving to do. Well, as a church, we have a bottom line as well, and our bottom line is to make disciples, and the way we choose to articulate that in this season of PCC is to say that we need to grow. Uh, and, and it means a lot of different things. Maybe not the first thing you think of. It means a lot of different things. And, and so we want to talk for a moment about what does that growth look like. Well, for me, it's really interesting when you think about how we measure growth in certain areas of life. Uh, growth can be easy to measure. Things like our physical height, our weight. Our blood pressure, our heart rate, are we stronger, determined by our ability to lift more, to run faster, to go farther, to recover more quickly. Uh, We can measure if we're mastering a skill, if we have proficiency in a subject, we can even uh, measure our ability to speak a new language, or for me, each week, you evaluate my ability to speak the English language, right? In a church, we have metrics that we use to measure growth as well, right? Attendance offerings, participation, people who read the emails that we send out, visitors who come in, websites, uh, the people, number of people who hit the website, uh, uh, visitor surveys, baptisms, and those tell part of the story of who we are as a church. What's harder to measure are things like our emotional, spiritual, and relational health and growth. How do we collectively measure the change in our attitude and view of greed or anger or pride? Do we love more? Do we have more patience? Are we more willing to empathize with other people? Do we show compassion? Are we more joyful? Do we experience peace that only can come from God? Are we more kind or do we demonstrate more self-control? Those are things that are harder to measure are people truly discovering and experiencing the life-changing love of Christ? Many of you participated in the church-wide survey that we did at the end of last year. Uh, since that time, Jim Golis and Ben Abbey have been investing a lot of hours processing that information. And they have provided kind of this, this brief snapshot of who we are as a body of believers and where you have told us we are as a, a, a community of faith in our journey of faith. And in our time here this morning, I want to share as we go through some of those encouraging results and some of those concerning results as a result of what you've shared with us. Now, as a sports fan, I know the danger of someone on the team standing up and saying, hey, here's who we are, here's what we do well, And here's some things we need to think about maybe working on, and we all have a role in that. Because when you do that, it's really easy then for people to take shots and to take issue with what you say or think or believe. And yet, as a church and as a pastor, I believe that we need to be as transparent as possible, and so that's something we strive to do. We realize that we are not a perfect church. I am not a perfect person, let alone a perfect pastor, and yet, Through God's love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, we have the opportunity to be together and to be his church, which is why as a church, we're gonna focus on Jesus. We're gonna focus on telling people about the life-changing love of Jesus. It's why large numbers at church service on a Sunday morning is not the goal, but connecting people to Christ, seeing them worship God together, watching people build community and do life together while focused on Christ, that is the goal, and the more people that attend, the more opportunities we have to see that happen. Since the goal is to share Jesus, the, you know, having bigger offerings is not the goal, but supporting the ministries and the efforts and the activities and having the resources to build community and connect people to Christ, that is... We desire to, to be a place and to provide opportunities where people can worship and give and serve and rest and learn and grow and heal and become passionate about Jesus, strengthening in their faith, growing in their relationship with God and with each other, which is why we're gonna continue to strive to take the pattern of Jesus and his, the model of his life as the model for this community. And part of what we do is we see Jesus in the scriptures. And as we look at his life, we see that he provided opportunities for people to discover and experience his love. And he did that directly. Think about the people you know in the scriptures that had encounters with Jesus. When you consider how Jesus interacted with them, uh, other than the Pharisees and the religious leaders, right? Let's put them aside for just a minute because he treated them uh, you know, a little differently because that's what they needed. But, but the people who, who came to him or he went to them, think about how they encountered his love. There was the interaction between Nicodemus and Jesus in John chapter 3, the woman at the well in John chapter 4 the calling of Matthew, the tax collector in Matthew 9, the healing of the blind in John chapter 9, Uh, the healing of the lepers in Luke 17, the liberation of the demon-possessed man in Luke 8, the invitation to people like Zacchaeus, as we see in Luke 19, the multiple times he showed compassion to the sick, the way he taught people, the way he revealed the very nature of God. In everything he did, he was uh, teaching and sharing and demonstrating his love and his desire to reconcile creation back to the creator. Part of the role uh, that we have as a church is to provide opportunities, not only for people to grow closer together, but to grow closer to the Lord, to discover and experience his love, which is, again, is why our model is to take the life of Jesus and make it our pattern for this community. It's why we're gonna talk about these three things this morning. The first one, we want to provide opportunities for all of us, to prioritize being together, to build community. Jesus' prayer, as recorded for us in John chapter 17, says this. Jesus prays, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Notice Jesus' emphasis on those who believe that they have oneness, that they are together in, in one together in us and in him in other scriptures like uh, 1 John chapter 4 verse 12 and Galatians 3:26 part of what we see is the truth of the matter is that we need each other it's important that we spend time together that we invest in each other uh, and there are compelling reasons why that is true first of all we see that our faith is not stagnant right uh, in our life and our in our life of faith we're always moving in our faith We're either growing or decreasing, but it doesn't remain the same. It's just not stagnant. And we need to be encouraged, and we need to encourage each other to grow in faith and good deeds. We also see that together is how faith works. When you look at the life of Jesus, you see that there were times that he went off by himself, but he did his life of faith with others. Scripture tells us that it's not good for us to be alone. We need each other. And that's one of the ways we, we have to fight against the, the culture of our day. Our Western culture is a very individualized culture and it's poured over into us seeking an individualized faith, but that's not the way we see the scriptures draw out faith. Yes, we believe as individuals, but we see faith in action as we are in community with other people. One of the obvious uh, ways we provide that opportunity here is uh, our Sunday morning gatherings, right? I mean, you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense. That's why you're here. That's part of what we do. But there's really a difference between, you know, showing up on Sunday morning and prioritizing being together on a Sunday. When we make this a priority in our life, it's something that we do and we arrive on time or even early when it's possible. Now, I know that's not possible for everyone. I know that life gets in the way sometimes, but that's what we strive to do. We strive to stick around after the service for a few extra minutes and build relationships and even go out of our way to meet people that we don't already know. One key factor in prioritizing being together is to show up on a, on a regular and consistent basis. And again, I realize that you're not going to go to church or be at PCC every single weekend. There are things that happen. I'm not in church 52 Sundays a year, right? Right? Every once in a while, it's good to, to refocus and to, to do that. But, but what is our priority? Are we consistently present? And here's the thing I've been talking to more and more people, and more and more things that we read, it's just not a priority. It's not important to people as much anymore. But it does make a difference. Uh, attending does make a difference in your life uh, because it it provides that opportunity for you to continually be encouraged. And and the other thing that I want to say is maybe you being here on a Sunday morning is not about you. It could be about someone else on, on their life that you can have an impact. Who needs to meet you? Who needs to be welcomed by you, to be encouraged by you? And when you're not here, they miss out on what God can do through you in their life. We need each other. Sunday mornings are, are important. It's one of the things that we can prioritize doing together. We, we also provide opportunities to be together through our small groups. Uh, the primary function of, of small groups is to connect people together. Uh, in these groups, you have the opportunity to grow deeper. Uh, on a personal level, you share joys and triumphs, as well as struggles and difficulties. It's an opportunity to be uh, authentic, to have these God-honoring relationships to not only exist, but to thrive One of the things that the survey confirmed to us was the importance of small groups. The information that you shared with us supported the effectiveness of investing in our small groups to foster not only meaningful relationships, but to increase the spiritual growth in those who participate. That growth takes place in areas, including when our small groups serve together. We encourage small groups to serve in their community as well as providing opportunities here at the church as well. One of the the things that people often don't think about when it comes to prioritizing being together is uh, that we can serve together. And one of the ways you can do that is by joining a ministry team. Uh, Different ministries, you have the opportunities to use your gifts and your talents and and your resources to impact other people for the kingdom. The Connect Team is one of those. It assists people in finding information they are seeking on Sunday morning. The PYC Student Ministry, investing in the the lives of teens. Our PCC Kids Ministry, which challenges uh, our children, equips parents and grows the family even while they're having pancakes in their pajamas, right? It's part of that community building, Uh, The worship ministry, which includes not just the musicians and vocalists that you see on the stage, but the multimedia, the sound, and, and other avenues as well. Outreach ministry, which guides our regional, local, and global efforts here at PCC. Our communications ministry, providing opportunities to help spread information about what's going on and the different opportunities that are available. Discipleship classes, where we aim to learn and grow deeper in our knowledge of the scriptures and how the Christian faith meets contemporary life. Our prayer ministry, which meets uh, before the service, they're praying during the service and there's times after the service where you, you can be prayed for. You can have someone just meet with you, praying for the needs of you and other people. The finance ministry, providing expertise and oversight of the church's finances and the financial picture. The buildings and grounds ministry, striving to enhance the overall experience for those who step foot on this location. And, and of course, there's all kinds of opportunities at the various events and activities. Church events like we had in the fall, the trunk or treat, game nights, rummage sale, all the things where you can intention, intentionally take and invest time spending time together. And when we do that outside of a programming here at the church, that's when it becomes really beautiful because it becomes something that we truly desire to do. And it's God-honoring relationships that grow because we are engaged with each other because we make that a priority in our life. Not only do we prioritize being together, but another vital role here at PCC is to provide opportunities to grow. Uh, we want to hear and respond to the Word of God with an emphasis in prayer. Second uh, Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen and seventeen says, All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. One of the interesting statistics uh, from the survey was that 86% of those of you who responded said that they believe PCC helps them grow in their faith. And as a team, as you know, senior pastor, that, that was encouraging to hear, especially since there are multiple ways we strive to provide opportunities for that to happen, including, again, what we do here on Sunday morning. Uh, Dylan gave us a perfect example this morning of the song we sang was built off the scripture, and how that speaks to us and provides insight and practical application into our life. Our discipleship classes are a key part of this section of the vision. These classes drill down into certain aspects of the scripture and explore how they speak into and influence our daily life. PYC student ministry, not only on Sunday nights when they meet and the small groups that they have uh, during the week, but they have their own discipleship class for the 8th through 12th graders that meet at 902. Is that right, Doug? 902 on Sunday morning uh, in the the student lounge. And so it's opportunities for them to grow and and to learn and, and to change. Uh, PCC Kids Ministry, uh, when uh, the kids are dismissed and, and go to their classrooms, they hear the scriptures, they hear the stories, and they, they seek to utilize those opportunities to share the love of Christ uh, through the word and, and how that can impact their life. Not to mention when uh, the Bible is, is opened in small groups and Bible studies and scriptural reflection groups and accountability groups and, and one-on-one meetings and all of those things. That, that's the good news and that's the encouraging part that people are participating in those things there are opportunities for us to hear and respond to the word of God and to grow. The challenging news is this, that of the 86% of people that indicated PCC helps them grow in their faith, only 39% shared that they engage in personal Bible study. And of the 91% that shared, shared they attend church on average of twice a month, only 12% attend discipleship classes at the same rate. And what this tells me, you know, if I, I kind of look at this through a, a certain lens, is while an overwhelming majority, 86%, say they grow while they're here, it seems to be that this is the only time that that growth is happening, which means that 24 Sundays a year, which is twice a month, which averages out to a half an hour of growth per week, is what over 60% of respondents, of us, say that we experience, and church, I hope you know, people I love, right? This, this is important stuff. As lovingly as I can say this without sounding legalistic or judgmental or intolerant or any of those terrible words, right? That's not sufficient. As, as a church, we provide opportunities, but, but as individuals, we take advantage of those opportunities. As a church, we encourage you to put the Bible in your hands so that you become familiar with it, but as individuals, we have to act upon that. And if we as a church, if we're going to grow, whether it be numerically or spiritually or emotionally, deeper in our faith, deeper in, in our relationship with God, deeper in our relationships with each other, then I would contend that we need more than 24 hours a year. Hear me on this. It, it, and I think we need that, not because that means if that's all we get, that God's gonna be mad at us, that you know he's not gonna love us, that we're not gonna go to, to heaven when we die. It, no, it, it, not that, it's, It's because our focus and our life and our growth is part of our response to his love as it's revealed to us through the scriptures. Because of his love for us, we strive to hear and respond to the word of God. It's what we're striving to do. And it begins as we start emphasizing that with prayer. We we strive to model the life of Jesus. We see that, that prayer was essential to Jesus's life. Luke records for us in chapter five that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Later, Luke tells us that Jesus went out as usual to pray. John tells us that Jesus prayed for his disciples. He prayed for us. He prayed for all of us who would come to believe. He prayed for himself. Jesus told a parable so that we would pray and not lose heart in Luke 18, and he taught the disciples how to pray in Matthew 6 and gave them what we now call the Lord's Prayer. It's little wonder that the early church was marked because they prayed. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the word, to the fellowship, to being together, to the breaking of bread, which was communion, and to prayer. They prayed for strength to do what they were led to do. They prayed for each other and they saw the Lord move in amazing ways. They understood the importance of growing and they took the steps necessary to do so, which leads us to strive to be a tangible presence of grace in our communities and our world. We want to engage with each other and the people around us. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through 10 say, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, but it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Our philosophy when it comes to engagement, especially when it comes to our outreach, is to do a few things well, to try to, to drill down and strengthen those relationships. It's why we have connections with Mercer Street Friends, especially their Send Hunger Packing program, uh, InterVarsity Ministry at the College of New Jersey and Ryder University, Church on the Block led by uh, Tony Palumbo and his team down on Perry Street in Trenton. Uh, we open our facilities to outside organizations like AA and NA and ACA and Al-Anon and Divorce Care and Grief Share, and we say yes as often as possible to requests from uh, the community, from the township, from Literacy New Jersey, for funerals, for weddings, and for We want this place to be utilized for the community. We continue our partnership with our Igbo brothers and sisters, and and they meet here uh, every Sunday at noon with ICC Church. Regionally, we've connected with Orchard Group and Stadia and World Impact, uh, three organizations that work together to plant and influence churches here in the Northeastern Corridor and beyond Internationally, we connect with Haiti and Honduras through the ministry and efforts of Ed Lockett and trips led by Joel and Carol Goldstein. This year, we've added the support of a ministry in China as our former intern Daniel Mason prepares to head there later on this year. Ultimately, being a tangible presence of grace is when each person takes advantage of the opportunity to engage those in the community right where you are. It's an opportunity for us to, to share the faith that we have and to, to, to tell people about Jesus. As we represent him, we represent Christ and lots of different communities in this region. Uh, being a tangible presence of grace can push you outside of your comfort zone. I, I get that, right? But we need to push for something, We need to do something that will cause us to engage others, and then we have the opportunity to spend time together, to grow together, to be examples of God's love and grace, not only in our lives, but in our community and in our friends and to our families. And that's one of the ways we can grow, not just numerically, but we can grow in our faith, in our relationship with God. It's the reason we invest time in sharing the good news of Jesus, And one of the reasons we we do this this morning, and one of the reasons we we share these things uh, this time every year is because it reminds us of the great responsibility and the great opportunity we have to tell people about Jesus and his life-changing love, to discover his love, his transforming love, because his love is what really can change someone's life. And it's our desire to provide those opportunities for people to encounter Jesus and have their life transformed by him. And so as we wrap up this part of our service this morning, I have a question for you. What is something that is encouraging you regarding what God is doing? Where are you seeing God show up? And I wanna answer that personally in two different ways. And there's lots of different things I could have shared, but I'm gonna share these two. First, I was greatly encouraged by the outpouring of love and support and enthusiasm surrounding the Honduras Bikes Initiative. And while the giving was nearly $10,000, which in and of itself was exciting, I was really encouraged by the number of people who participated, the number of us who who gave to that initiative. And, And I don't know the amount that anyone gave. That's not important. What's important to me was the number of people who gave to the project, from the change that they collected in the PCC Kids Ministry that they gave, to the offerings of cash and checks that were placed in the bike basket that was out in the lobby area, to those who gave online. Each person, each couple, each family who participated helped to not only meet the need of the children there, but it was a great encouragement to me and to others who really have a heart for what's going on in Honduras. The second thing, I've also been encouraged by the way God has chosen to answer our prayers, specifically surrounding uh, the situation with uh, Roberto and Jackie and their family. Um, <laughs> I believe that, that yeah. Uh, for those of you who, who may not know, uh, Jackie's orders got canceled for now, and so they get to stay at least through October, and so we're excited about that. And, and it was one of those things where I believe that, that God hears us when we pray. I, I just do. I believe that he answers us. I believe that, that God answers our prayers in one of three you know, general ways: yes, no, or wait. And the thing for me is that I believe that God is just as faithful when the answer is no or wait as he is when he says yes. But man, it's encouraging when he says yes. <laughs> and I think as a church, maybe just me, and I'll make it just you know very uh, selfishly personable. Um, I needed that. I needed to to see God work in a very tangible way to answer a prayer that was very encouraging to me. And I hope that was very encouraging to you because when we have a day of prayer like we did last Saturday, and then we have an answer to prayer like that, you can either say one of two things, oh, that's coincidence, or God's timing is amazingly perfect and he chose to answer our prayer on that day in that way because he was saying something to us. And to me, he was encouraging me to say, I've got this. I'm in charge and I'm in control. And he's calling me, he's calling us to serve him and to love him and just to continually trust him. Amen? See, I believe God is doing various things to encourage us to bring our prayer requests and praises before him and to see what, how and where and why he responds the way he does. It's why we're praying for growth in all areas and all aspects of our community and in our lives here, to seek God, to put our faith and trust more solely focused in on Him. You see, I would suggest that it's time for us as individuals to decide who is it that we want to be, because who we decide we want to be individually impacts who we are as a church. Are we willing to give of ourselves? Are we willing to fulfill the vision of prioritizing being together and hearing and responding to the word of God as we seek him in prayer? Are we we willing to to be a tangible presence of grace to people? Will will we engage with those around us? Or will we just stay where we are in our comfort little place, watching what God is doing from afar, content to let things be what they are? You see, I'm convinced that right now, as, a, as individuals, as, as families, as couples, as a community of faith, that this is a time to grow. Not to be infants that are tossed back and forth and worried about everything, but, but to grow and to mature in our faith and our relationship with the Lord. As the pastor of this church, that's my desire for us. But the beautiful thing for me is it's God's invitation to us. Jesus invites us to himself when he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you feel weary and burdened by life, can I invite you to Jesus? Because he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We have the opportunity to be salt and light and to allow God to work in us and through us the question that we each must answer individually, which impacts us corporately, is how will we respond to the Lord? How will we respond to his invitation? Will we come to him? Will we seek him? Will we allow him to to heal us, to give us that life that he promises to us? It's the opportunity that we have to respond to his invitation. Uh, The band is going to come and they're going to lead us in this song of response this morning. Uh, Each week we provide an opportunity to to allow you to to just spend some time reflecting on on what God is doing and continues to do and will do in your life. Uh, This morning we're going to sing a song that reminds us and encourages us with the fact that, that God takes all of life He takes everything that happens and he can make it beautiful because of his great love for us. It encourages us that in him we have hope and we have life and our life can be made new because of his love. And so this morning we have the opportunity to respond to him in this way. Uh, As we sing, there will be members of the, the prayer team and leadership team over by the cross to receive you. And if you want someone to to visit with you, if you want someone to pray with you, uh, we invite you to make your way over there to the cross. Uh, Stand with me, if you will, as we sing this song of response. If you wanna talk to someone, if you wanna recommit your life to Jesus, if you wanna be obedient in baptism, if you wanna join a church where the focus is on Jesus, then we invite you to respond to the Lord this morning. And even if you stay right where you are in your seats, we each have the opportunity to respond to him this morning. So let's do that as we sing this song this morning.